This is Sass and Brass Podcast with Dana and Brittany, recorded weekly in Madison, Wisconsin. It's a podcast about books and friends and fights about song lyrics. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes or on our website, sassandbrasspodcast.wordpress.com. Hey, Dana, and all of our listeners, welcome back to Sass and Brass. Um, so this week, we have a very special guest joining us, my good friend Mallory. Hi. Um, Mallory used to work with me at the Secret Software Company, um, but she's leaving to go home to Grand Rapids and reunite with her family and do a bunch of cool things there. Hopefully. That's the plan, at least. Yeah. We have high expectations. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Super high bar. Get prepared. Um... So, guys, stories from the past few weeks or months. <laughs> My wall's running kind of dry, so I'm hoping you have some good stuff. It has been a couple of months. Um, I'm going to tell my, like, most juicy gossip story, which is basically about how I went out with this dude, uh, and it was great, and we talked about all the things that I really like and laughed a lot and had a bunch of fun. Um, we watched, like, 90s country music videos together, which is, like, a true sign of how uh, compatible I thought we were. And then I went home that night to friend him on Facebook slash creep on him a little bit and discover that he still has a girlfriend where he lived in North Carolina before he moved to Madison. No, so that no. happened. Shady. It Shady was, as yes. hell. Did you call him out? Uh, I texted him and I was like, hey, it seems like you're not available, so I don't think we should see each other anymore. And he just, like, never responded because uh, he was busted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he, like, you're, I could... S- this is, like, the shadiest thing for me. It's, like, he, um, I couldn't add him as a friend on Facebook. Like, he recognized that he needed that level of privacy, but then he didn't take the additional step of making the content of his Facebook page private. So, like, I could see that he bought his girlfriend uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson tickets with, like, a little note about how much he loved her. I mean, it was, like, pretty blatant. <laughs> he was in I mean, a relationship. You can't even be bothered. No. Get out of town. I know. Yeah. Ugh. Um, FYI, ladies who are on Tinder, <laughs> he's still out there roaming the streets as far as I'm aware. <laughs> it's gross. Oh, um, man, the Tinder game in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm not going to miss that. Oh, my God. It's very sad. <laughs> Speaking of walls that have run dry. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's like that's probably my most interesting story from the last couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'll pull something out. We can always edit it out if it's bad. Um, but... I am part of, like, the leadership group at church, because they are real hard up for leaders, I guess. Um, <laughs> Not I think, like, also young people, right? You're, like, kind of a champ because you're a millennial who's attending your church. Yes. Yes. Also, um, turns out, I thought they were going to do this, like, council of all the Lutheran synods in South Central Wisconsin. And then at the leadership meeting, the pastor was like, we finally filled our youth our youth slot, and it's with this girl who's not Brittany. And I was like, all right. I mean, I just said I was interested. I guess that wasn't really a commitment. Maybe this other girl was, like, real real jazz to go. Um, turns out that I'm not going in the youth spot, but I am still going in, like, the woman's spot. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically so... just got downgraded from youth <laughs> to adult. How old oh, is yeah. she? She's, like, 18. Oh. She's, like, in, in high school. So, you know, trying to rope them in when they're young. I get it. But, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, guess I'm not going to the Kalahari. But turns out that I still am. Indoor water park. What? What? Yes. 
So we had this, like, retreat, and the former pastor came and spoke, and he was great, but <laughs> there's a part in his, his whole sermon was about how, like, we have to be agents of change for Christ. So he made everyone get up and sing as, like, the pianist played the piano to Secret Agent Man. That song from the 60s. <laughs> so, like, 40 people singing Secret Agent Man in a church basement. And he was like, not really the only thing here that matters is the agent part. Everything else is bad. But I just wanted you guys up and moving. It was pretty ridiculous. Is Christ the agent? No, you're like an agent of change. You you are the agent. You are the agent. Oh, it's like the MI6 in this situation. I see. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And then you're... James Bond for Christ. <laughs> yeah, except we're, right. we're supposed to ignore all of the, like, sexist and, like, other inappropriate things in the song. It was pretty funny. The The old pastor, he, like, got up and he, like, thrust his arms out at one point. He's like, I don't see enough moving around. Here's how you do it, guys. And he's, like, 70-something. He something. choreographed it, even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, like, do you guys remember skanking and all? It was, like, that weird punch uh, dancing. No. No. Okay, you should YouTube that later. Also, <laughs> any listeners, you should YouTube it, too. Um, it's what just like a of, lot of punching. The sky what kind music. of outfits did people wear? A sky outfits. Yeah. See. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> okay. It, it wasn't good luck on anybody. <laughs> I believe it. Mallory, what stories do you have? Oh man. Okay. So I would say I am going through a transitional period in my life, but I would say today's story is mostly like a grace point. Um, grace note. That's the word. So, today I was, um, I had a bunch of errands to run, and I'm, I'm really, really busy. I'm actually leaving Madison on Friday, had my last day of work on Monday, getting all of that stuff together, and today was just, like, kind of stressful because I put off all of the stuff that I wasn't doing in the last six months to take, like, basic care of myself, and was like, I'm gonna do it in the last two days I live here, um, which was not a good idea. And so today I had a lot of stuff in my car happen. I went to the dentist. I hate going to the dentist, and it was just not good. But um, my Uber driver from uh, my apartment to my dentist appointment was just this fantastic guy. And we had this great conversation on the way to the dentist about, um, you know, he's an older retired gentleman. He's been driving for Uber for a couple of couple of months now, and he was talking about the work that his daughter does in Montana, um, where she takes, like, um, folks who have PTSD, who are veterans, out um, on fishing trips in oh. Montana, and she does, like, a bunch of stuff with nonprofits, and how her and her boyfriend are moving to Texas, and he turned and looked at me at one point when we were at a red light, and he goes, I just want you to know, like, I don't really know anything about you or anything, but... I can tell you as a father, like, your parents are so happy that you're coming home. I guarantee you that. Wow. And it was just, like, this great conversation and, like, one bright spot in the middle of this horrible day where I was just like, yeah, thank you. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's my little grace note for today. I really like quality interactions with strangers. Mm-hmm. That can be really nice. That's my favorite thing about Uber, I think, is talking to Uber drivers. Yeah? When I was in D.C., we had an Uber driver, and he took us past uh, some hotel that Donald Trump owns. It was like, And he would recently purchased it, so there's this big banner out front, and it said something like, Trump, blah, blah, blah. And somebody came along with spray paint and wrote, is a racist <laughs> underneath. 
Trump. Um, we talked about that with our Uber driver, and we're, like, delighted when he was also thrilled. And he's like, do you want me to take you by again? You can take a picture. <laughs> we're like, no, that's okay. But it was, like, this great moment. That's awesome. Yeah. On that note, I meant to bring this up. Can we promise not to have to ever talk about the presidential elections on this podcast? What do you think? I mean, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. I just, I mean, we can re- we can revisit the decision, but I really like the idea of this being an election-free zone until there's something we need to discuss. A <laughs> yes. really terrible promise, JK. Um, what are we reading, watching, and listening to, Britt? Okay, so I'm going to do reading first, right? Yeah, just reading. Right, okay. Um, so a bunch of different things for the tournament of books. Um, I'm currently reading Oreo, which is really interesting. It's um, this book that... Um, was written in the 1970s um, uh, about this, like, young um, biracial woman. She's, like, half black and half Jewish. Um, and she goes on this sort of, like, I don't know, it's, like, a weird quest to, like, find her dad in New York. And it's, like, modeled after the story of Theseus. But it's, like, also pretty funny. The writer wrote um, for, like, Richard Pryor's very short-lived sitcom in, like, the 70s. So it was written in the 70s, like, didn't get a lot of, of acclaim. People pretty much, like, sort of put it on the back burner. Now it's, like, coming back, so there's been a new edition released. And, like, it's, like, pretty good and, like, pretty relevant. Um, I'm really enjoying it. So that's pretty good. And, like, the funny thing is, is, like, there's a lot of, like, puns in it. So you think, like, Oreo probably playing off with the idea that she's, like, Jewish and black. But um, the story behind her name in the book is that her... Um, grandmother who she lives with um, has like a very thick southern accent and people can't understand her so um, she called Oreo an Oriole but because of how she pronounced it everyone just heard Oreo and became <laughs> her name after that even though she was trying to say Oriole um, yeah it's good um, it's up there as far as the tournament of books go- the tournament of books books go um, and then I'm reading Wild by Cheryl Strayed slowly how do you feel about that? Yeah, did you read that? I did. Yeah. Um, it's good. You feel sort of, like, neutral to good about it so far? Yeah. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory, what are you reading? Um, on that note, though, have you ever heard or read any of the Dear Sugar columns that she wrote, either? Mm-hmm. I've heard of them, and I really want to read... I really want to read them. Have you read them? Yeah, I've read a couple of them, and I also listened to... Um, so Dear Sugar has a podcast as well, and it's oh. Cheryl Strayed and somebody else, hmm. and they do, they ended up having, like, Lena Dunham on as a guest, and love me some Lena Dunham, but they had this really fantastic episode where they were talking about, usually they, obviously they're advice columnists, so they answer one question, but they were just like, we're, we got, like, an overwhelming number of women writing in about not finding a partner and feeling like they're running out of time to find a partner. And so it was just this, like, really awesome, um, incredibly soothing way of, like, looking at, like, finding a partner, which I thought was really cool. So you should absolutely check out the podcast, and I've heard really good things about the book as well. Excellent. If Wild's not your bag of tea. Cup of tea? Cup of tea. (laughs) And it's good. It's just nothing is as good as Lena Ferrante. It's pretty much what it comes down to. <laughs> you like ruined her all the books for all time. Pretty much. Like Elena Ferrante, Bridget Jones, no other books. Brid- I love Bridget Jones for days. 
so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what am I reading right now? I'm reading um, The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, I believe. And I love saying the word Dickensian, and it's Dickensian. I enjoy <laughs> it. I, I, I really like it thus far. Um, I'm about halfway through. Uh, really amazing characters. Um, kind of depressing. Uh, but otherwise, it's really, really good. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Nice. Cool. I am reading a, uh, a nonfiction book called Paddywhacked, The Untold Story of the Irish-American Gangster by T.J. English. Uh, it's, it's basically just a ridiculous, violent catalog of um, Irish-American criminals in the United States. Fun fact, Irish-Americans uh, were involved in organized crime before Italians in America. So, like, everybody talks about the mafia, and the mafia sort of seems like the like overarching organized crime uh, gang. But the Irish really had, had their game on before <laughs> the arrival of Italians to the United States. Uh, it's, it's like, I started reading it because I saw the end of The Departed, and I remembered how much I wanted to know more about, uh, Whitey Bulger? Is it Bulger or Bulger? I, I think know. it's Bulger. Bulger. Yeah, Whitey Bulger, who was, uh, a horrible crime lord in Boston, like, recently, in the last few decades, was finally taken down. Um, so that's why I'm reading it, but I'm, I'm currently, like, in the portion where they're talking about prohibition and, you know, like... Irish Americans who made killings off of selling booze to people illegally, so it's good. It's it's an entertaining read. Did you see Black Mass? I didn't. Like the one with jo- where Johnny Depp is playing Whitey Bulger. No, I haven't seen that. Is yeah, it great? I haven't seen it yet. But mm-hmm. anything where like Johnny Depp is wearing like a lot of makeup, I'm probably gonna check out. So <laughs> yeah, that's appealing to me too. Cool. What are we listening to? Why don't you go again? Okay, great. Uh. I have been listening to the Eagles pretty much nonstop for the last couple of weeks because I'm mourning the death of Glenn Fry, who's a founding Eagles member and star. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's not cool. I like listen to the Eagles, and when I'm tired of that, I listen to Elton John because I can't enjoy things that are like new and cool, only like weird old shit that <laughs> other people don't want to listen to. Um, I've been on kind of a podcast kick lately, so. Um, huge fan of Comedy Bang Bang. Enjoy it. Used to listen to it on the plane all the time when I was traveling a lot. Um, and depending on the week, as long as, like, Paul F. Tompkins or Jason Manzoukas or anybody like that is on there, everything. But it is, like, improvisational, so it can be just kind of, you know, people talking and a lot of giggling, and I love that. I just, like, love listening to people make each other laugh. Yeah. Um, that and, uh, Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Um... Did you guys read The Happiness Project at all? I read, like, three-fourths of it. Three-fourths of it, yeah. So she has a podcast with her sister where, like, they basically try out, like, tips on how to be happier. Um, and they just have a really good banter and, and really good tips for how to be more organized and stuff like that, which is, like, a huge goal of mine that's never going to happen, probably. But <laughs> I like this thought that I could be more productive. So that's what I'm listening to. Cool. Um, I'm listening to Americana by, I'm not going to ask her name correctly, I think it's Shimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Um, but anyway, Americana, it's really great, and it's read by um, this actress who I think is probably, like, English and or African, so, she, like, she does all the dialogue in, like, um, a presumably 
like, Nigerian voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's not authentic, but it sounds way more, like, authentic than, like, an American trying to do that accent. Yeah. And you can tell because, like, she also tries to do American accents and they do not sound authentic. So <laughs> it's also, like, sort of a fun thing to listen to someone try and sound American and not <laughs> entirely succeed. Um, but, yeah, um, it's really great. Highly recommend it. Um, I'd actually recommend listening to it rather than reading it. Like, I think I'll probably eventually buy the book and have it on my bookshelf and, like, refer back to it. But, like, the little verbal takes and things really come through in the audio that, like, I wouldn't get if I was reading it, like, in print. Um, like, there's there's certain ways that characters, characters say, like, can you imagine all the time? Or, like, ah-ah. And, like, just the the sound of, like, the dialogue, I think, wouldn't come through if I was, like, reading it in my head and giving everyone an American accent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would highly recommend that audiobook. As far as watching goes, um, I wrapped up most of my sitcoms. Um, not even sitcoms. I wasn't really watching sitcoms, but weird dramas. Um, currently in the last couple episodes episodes of The Blacklist, mm-hmm. um, that crime show with James Spader where nothing is revealed and he just sort of monologues at criminals. <laughs> um, and I watched The Intern with my parents at my home, which was great. Um, really enjoyed it. Like, like Robert De Niro? Yeah, okay. Robert De Niro and Hathaway. He's her intern. Um, it's the type of thing that I couldn't watch with John because John hates old people. Um, <laughs> everything <laughs> about them, pretty much. Uh, um, and, like, the whole narrative structure of the movie, he just wouldn't be down with. Um, and it's very cute. It wasn't, like, a revelation or anything like that. But it's the type of thing that I would probably consider buying and then watching when John was not there. It's nice that you have so much respect for his... Things he doesn't like. Does, you have, like, a list of things John doesn't like? <laughs> um, I probably should start one. It's more that, like, if he doesn't like something, he'll make fun of it and ruin it for everyone else. <laughs> I made that mistake with Love Actually. I watched Love Actually with John, and oh, now I can't no. watch it. Oh, man. You can't watch it? <laughs> no. Like, not even away from John. No, because I remember. Oh, Were you guys playing the turtleneck drinking game? Because that's my favorite. No. No, we were Are there a lot of turtlenecks? Oh, my God. So many turtlenecks. And then once you play the drinking game, first of all... Don't drive anywhere afterward. Don't have any plans <laughs> afterward. But there are so many turtlenecks in that movie, and then you can't unsee them. They're everywhere. <laughs> I like, like a good turtleneck, though. It's like John's jokes. You can't unhear them. Mm. He made a lot of jokes about how, like, Aurelia was being sold in some sort of, like, sex slave arrangement to, um... Can I volunteer Converse? to be a sex slave for Converse? <laughs> like, there are worse fates. <laughs> but anyway, it was just relentless, and now I can't, like, see it without being like, oh, there's something not right here. Um, yeah, it's ruined. That sucks. <laughs> I'm, like, kind of angry with him about that, even though I also <laughs> hate a lot of things and understand emotion. <laughs> uh... I watched recently, <laughs> again, continuing this trend of me being a loser, I watched The History of the Eagles, which is a documentary <laughs> available on Netflix. It was so freaking good. Like, if you like the Eagles at all, it's it's like a must-watch thing. Um, and, like, I spent a lot of time thinking about it today, and I, I think I figured out, like, which of the Eagles we would all be. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if this podcast was the band. Um how many eagles are there? There are a lot, but I picked one for each of us. Uh, Who are you? 
I think I'm Joe Walsh, who's like talented, but also like kind of kind of a goof up, uh, and like sort of gets his shit together in time to do cool things, um, but also like is a clown. Uh, I think that you're Don Henley. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's no, he's much more like a front runner. Um, he's a very like a very like. Mm, Okay, so you're either John Henley or you're, you're the, like, banjo player who left the Eagles because they strayed too far from their original vision. You're kind of, like, a taste purist, you know? So I can imagine you, like, leaving a band because they, they became, like, too, like, mainstream rock and roll and you, like, didn't want to stop playing the banjo. So you're, you're either Don Henley, the very serious guy. Uh, okay, and here's, like, what made me think of, like, you and Don Henley specifically is that time you made someone cry in your high school English class or whatever when you, like, critiqued their paper. Like, Don Henley was... Like, brilliant is brilliant and, like, very exacting. Sometimes oh, he could be an asshole. Wait, can we go back to this? Like, wait, well, who did you make cry and why? In my defense, <laughs> you should not let students in, like, an advanced English class edit each other's papers, especially if it's anonymous and they're from someone else's class. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, there were two sections of AP comp. And we had papers, and we turned them in for peer review. And the other class peer reviewed ours, and we peer reviewed the other classes, and they took the names off of them. And so I edited it <laughs> and heard a few days later that I had made Missy, the person who wrote the paper, cry when she got all of my edits. <laughs> so kind of Poor like Don Henley. Uh, when people brought Don <laughs> Henley's songs, and he's like, well, this wasn't a real song, so I'm not going to give you credit on the album. <laughs> And then they got really upset and left the band. Um, <laughs> Are they? Did they just go through a ton of Eagles? They did. Yeah, there there were quite a few people involved in the Eagles, and I mean they were always like a big band. Um, the cool thing about the documentary, I have an Eagle for you too. I would say that you're like a Glenn Fry because Glenn Fry was better at getting along with people, but also immensely talented. And he See, had, like, like, I do not even know who the Eagles are. So thank you. That's yeah. really sweet. Glenn Fry. He also had like an acting career for a while, and like. Like, did, did some, like, cool stuff when the Eagles broke up. I don't know. I just... I, I want to be, like, a forward-facing... I want to, like, Google this, because I got... And I can't tell if it's because I want to know who Glenn Fry is or because I got a new phone today, and I'm really excited about it, but... Okay, I'll look at it. You can also home. just watch the documentary. Uh, ignore the parts where Glenn <laughs> Fry, like, gets into fights and says mean things to people. That's not... <laughs> that's not where I'm going with this, but... Well, I can see uh, that. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was, that was my take. Um... Yeah, that's what I'm watching. I also watched Star Wars, the new one. It was dope. And I watched the Ken Follett miniseries that's now available on Netflix. It was not that great. <laughs> Don't waste your time. <laughs> I did it for you. Was it like Pillars of the Earth? Uh, World World Without End. Okay. Yeah, and it was just pretty mediocre. Pretty mediocre. Interesting. So, I've been unemployed since Monday after work. So I went and saw The Big Short, which was fantastic. So, so good. I, it was really interestingly edited and really interestingly put together. Um, Christian Bale has a fake eye in it, and it's really off-putting and interesting, because, like, his eye keeps wandering around. It's really good. And then, I'm very much, like, in winter months, um, kind of a need to watch sitcoms because I need, like, uplift. Mm -hmm. So, big sitcom person, generally speaking. Um, But I watched Happy Endings, which is now on Hulu, which was hilarious. But I binged it in, like, three days, and it was (laughs) not good for my general well-being because I didn't get out of bed for long periods of time. (laughs) (laughs) But 
Yeah. Go see the Big Short. It's really good. And up for multiple awards. Did you guys see it yet? I no. haven't seen it. Have you seen any of the Oscar contenders? Um, no. I don't know. I can't remember. Mm. I always Probably like. Not. I always want to. I would like. I recognize these are like important cultural moments in time, and like I should. I should be a part of it, and I just mm-hmm. don't. I just fail every time. I mean, it took. It took me like a month and a half after everybody saw the Force Awakens or whatever. I still haven't seen it. You yeah. really haven't. You haven't seen it. No. You should go see it. It's, it's, it's has really a budget, good. I think. Is it already? Did you go see the budget or? Were you I saw it, it for five dollars at the nice theater, the nice theater in Sun Prairie, because I went on Sunday morning. Like I went at nine thirty on Sunday morning and saw it. <laughs> I kind of love being at the movies on Sunday morning. It's yeah. really nice. They've like got the recliners for five bucks. You know, it's hard That's to beat. Sometimes you can even sit in the bistro and have a waitress come to your, your recliner and feed you. There's a feed you, which will bring you food. It's amazing. Why theater is this one? I have not been there before. It's in, I mean, it's in Sun Prairie. It's the new Marcus Cinema. Okay. But it's like a, a fancy one. And if you, like, you have to choose the bistro theater, but you, like, you get this massive recliner that you can recline with, like, the push of a button and a server will come and, like, give you a menu. There's, like, all kinds of... There's a big margarita. I think there's Bloody Mary. I mean, there's, like, anything you could want on this menu. This sounds like a fantastic brunch idea. It... it I'm telling you. Like, yeah. I went and had, like, a quesadilla a couple months ago <laughs> and, like, booze and, like, laid back in this recliner and watched a movie. It was awesome. And, like, you yeah. know, you, you pay for whatever food you order, but for five bucks, you get to lay in a recliner and be waited upon. Nice. Yeah. Did we miss anything in uh in watching? I don't think so. Does that mean that we're ready to move on to the main event? I think we are. Okay. Have you guys heard some rumors lately? <laughs> you're, going, you're going to hell for that. <laughs> um, it is kind of exciting, I think, that we are recording this episode about Fleetwood Mac's album Rumors on the eve of the 39th anniversary of Rumors' release. Is, is it really? Now? Yeah, 77. Wow. It's true. Tomorrow will be the 39th anniversary of Rumors' release. Good work, Fleetwood Mac, holding it together. Still touring to a certain extent. Still touring. I saw them, actually, last year, and they were fucking phenomenal. Were they really? Yeah. Nice. Like, I, I was blown away by how... Like, all of them sound really good, but Lindsay Buckingham... I mean, Stevie Nicks sounded perfect. Sounded like herself, you know, like, mm-hmm. like she does in albums. Um, I was more surprised that Lindsey Buckingham still sounds fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. he he belted out Go Your Own Way, and it sounded like the album. But, lo- I mean, it was really, really quality. They're good. Were They're they at the Lion Energy Center? I saw them in Milwaukee. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I never, like, I, I won the tickets in an office lottery, uh, and we were the youngest people there by, like, 30 years. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way I could have afforded the tickets uh, any other way, but it was great. Do you find, like, the your scarf wearing go way up post-seeing them? Um, no, I've never been good at emulating Stevie. Have you? No, but I want to. I just want to, like, laze around and, like, move my arms a lot. Supposedly the reason she started wearing scarves like that is because she's really, she's a really small person. Yeah. And so she didn't show up in the band, so she started wearing them so they could see her from the stage, which is a cool idea. Huh. When we discussed having you as a guest on this particular episode... Britney said that you channeled Stevie Nicks fashion, and that was one of the reasons why I felt like you'd be appropriate. <laughs> that is, like, seriously the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> that was the conversation that we had. Yeah, yeah that's true. Stevie Nicks. I do love me a poncho. I got a floppy hat nowadays, too, so. I'm so impressed that people can pull up ponchos. I yeah. Just, I just can't do it. Yeah, oh my God. Either. You just gotta, like, let it happen to you. 
That's what she's wearing. <laughs> I shouldn't let fashion happen to me. It's not good. Um, so how do we want to do this? Do we want to go through song by song? I mean, I think I'm ready to follow your lead on this one, Dana. All right, so the first song on Rumors is Secondhand News. I'm to say someone has taken my place. Secondhand. <laughs> um, I just kind of a general statement about rumors would be can you imagine the kind of drama that was going on when they chose to record this? Oh my god. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It's I think it's an interesting question of if everybody you're surrounded with is super creative and chooses to express themselves in the exact same fashion. So they're all talking mad shit about each other via song all the time and then performing it together? Yeah. I just feel like, A, everybody is boss because nobody, like, walked out. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, if somebody was like, hey, this song is about how fucking terrible you are, be like, all right, cool. I'm leaving now. (laughs) This song is about how much you suck. Please sing back up. That's my deep thought. That's not specific to secondhand news, but that's about rumors, generally speaking. Yeah. It's it's legit. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to talk about the Eagles some more. (laughs) (laughs) I recognize that I have a problem. Never apologize for that. Um, (laughs) Especially after watching that documentary, though, like, things get so heated between, like, like, just normal band members who are not involved, have never been involved romantically um, mm-hmm. on tour. Like, it's a horrible, terrible time. People are intoxicated a lot. Everybody's tired. I mean, uh, it's, it just seems like a shit show in general. But for it to be, like, your douchemonger ex <laughs> who also wrote this hateful-ass song about you, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they did it. But I would say that maybe there's a reason there's not a history of Fleetwood Mac available <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> Maybe that footage is for another another time. Once everyone's gone, I don't know. Can we declare like a most hateful song on rumors? Oh man, I mean, secondhand news is is pretty shitty and mean. Um, it's basically like, you know, I've been replaced. That's fine. When this gets fucked up, we can still fuck, I guess. I mean, <laughs> basically, what this song is like, it's not even like if things go wrong. It's like. When you mess this up, this new relationship that you're in, you can come back to me. We can lay down in the tall grass and <laughs> let me do my stuff. I mean, it's this is a pretty shitty, cold thing to say. <laughs> so the second hand news way up there. Yeah. I don't know. I think the ones that are more passive aggressive are more cutting to me. Like, like later you make loving fun. Like clearly that's being sung about not like <laughs> the current partner. So like making someone who you was, like, in love with you, like, play that song as you're singing it about someone new. Mm. That seems like a, a knife in the heart, kind of. Here's my suspicion, though. Um, because that song is credited to Christine McVie. Mm-hmm. And, like, all, all of her... Mm, all of her songs. Hate? <laughs> I don't hate her. She's got a wonderful voice. She's, like, a fantastic member of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I don't really... she have a fantastic voice? I feel like... I get her and Lindsay Buckingham confused a lot with her voice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Lindsay Buckingham doing like a weird falsetto. <laughs> like, so, for a long time, I thought like You Make Loving Fun was sung by Lindsay Buckingham. Like <laughs> womanly voice? It didn't sound that womanly to me. It sounded kind of like a dude. No, that's her song. And like I get the impression just based on the songs that, that are Christine McVie's. Um, 
that she just, she just doesn't have like hard cold feelings. Like she like she did not have some kind of heartbreak. Like here are her songs. Um Don't Stop, you know the famous Clinton campaign mm-hmm. song. <laughs> yeah. Um Songbird, which is also like kind of like a like a love song. Um You Make Love in Fun. She's just like this very buoyant. All of her songs are a little bit simple. They're pretty upbeat. I don't know if I don't know if I get the passive aggressive vibe or if she's just like I mean one hundred percent. I like she went there immediately. Like somebody's <laughs> just trying to like screw it everybody. <laughs> I love the idea of like her and Stevie Nicks getting together and like deciding that they're gonna be like really into this song and stick it to Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> well, I mean wasn't Christine V involved with like the other dude in Fleetwood Mac? And then like with someone else? I don't know. Because, like, there are two options. Either, like, she knows it's, like, really mean to make the band play this song and to make, like, this dude who's probably still with her play this song, or she doesn't know, and she's super dumb, and that's worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. We should call her and ask. I'm curious now. Yeah, I would like to find out. We can only call her if we can call her not Stevie, which is how I think of her. <laughs> Stevie. Oh, man. Cold. Cutting. Yeah. Yeah. That's her name. I don't know. What do you think is the meanest one on rumors? I I haven't made a decision yet. Let's go back through. Okay. And I will decide. All right. Secondhand news. Have we worn that out? Are we ready to move on? I don't really very much to say about secondhand news. Dreams is the next track. Oh my god, I love this song. Do I think it. this is one of my favorites. And the reason that I'm saying that is I like, I like the thought that you could be really, really awful to an ex and still sound so pretty. Because it sounds really pretty, and then you listen to the words and you're like, oh, damn, that hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Is Stevie basically calling him a player? Is that kind of what's happening? Players only love you when they're playing? That's true. I would say, I would say what Stevie is saying is like... But I can't really, I'm not going to try to interpret what Stevie Nicks is actually saying now that I say that. Um, here's my interpretation of what I think Stevie Nicks is saying. I think specifically what she's trying to say on this track is just, you're bullshit. <laughs> and um, that you could just kind of like discard somebody and that's not an okay to do. I think she's very, very scorned of this particular track. Yeah, I can see that. So not related at all to the actual meaning of the song. Um, I was talking with some people about how annoying it is when people include, like, quotes in their email signatures. And oh so my I've, god, yeah. <laughs> so I've been thinking about, like, how can I troll everyone with my email signature? And mostly what I want to do is take lyrics from, like, this song in particular and just have it be, like, under my name. <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> Communications. Thunder only happens when it's raining. <laughs> and just Which is definitely false. Thunder doesn't only happen when it's it raining. It can happen no. when it snows. 
snow True. this year. This or like hot. heat lightning. Yeah. Comes with thunder, right? Isn't it thunder? I mean, I don't think <laughs> Stevie's a meteorologist. It's a valid Spoiler alert. Stevie Nick's not a meteorologist. Um, no, my absolute favorite. Uh, so, in my day at a, this unnamed software company that we worked at, I saw quite a few choice email signatures (laughs) and one of my favorites was this guy quoted himself so it was like his name a quote of something like be the best or whatever and then attributed to himself what i laughed for 25 minutes and i was like i should get back to work now oh my god (laughs) so funny so if you're out there and listening to this podcast you're a legend and a hero and i thank you for your service (laughs) I feel like if you used lyrics from dreams in your signature, people would think it was weird. So you just got married. Like, <laughs> she unhappy? What's going on? Exactly. Uh, That's what's sort of fun. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It's I exciting. Mean, it's confusing. We also have, like, an internal internet where you, like, have a picture and you have, like, a box where you can put, like, whatever shit you want. I think I really have it up there now. <laughs> so it's, like, what my computer have? number. Thunder only happens when it's raining. <laughs> All my backups. <laughs> nice. Maybe I took that down. I might have chickened out. I can't remember. <laughs> I like that they're. I like that Lindsay Buckingham and Secondhand Hand News and Stevie Nicks are basically saying the same thing here, mm-hmm. um, which is like, like you can go if you want. Slash, you know, you're with somebody else now, um, but I know what's coming next, and it's not good. <laughs> like you're you're gonna be sorry about this soon. Right, like you're a horrible garbage person and only I can love you. Yeah, and you're gonna like create some kind of problematic relationship or you're gonna be really sorry about how lonely you are now that you've left, like peace out, but you're fucked. <laughs> um, I like that they're both kind of hinting at that to one another. We ready for the next track? Yeah. Yeah. Never going back again. general thought about my own life I don't know if I just have this like really like when I'm done with a relationship like I'm done I'm like nice to know you please never call me or speak to me again (laughs) thank you like which is not a good way to hold on to friends but uh do you want to hold on to exes as friends in my experience no right don't do it (laughs) so this is like totally foreign to me this idea that people are like showing back up in the rain at people's like doors maybe people just don't like me like that but I'm just like I don't care Get out of heart. <laughs> right? So, like, this kind of song, I think, speaks to the romantic in me that somebody's going to, like, show up on my doorstep one day and be like, all right, I give in. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean, I don't know if that's really what, what the song is about. It's more like someone was like, oh, I'm lonely. I'll go back to my old girl- girlfriend. And then he gets there and he's like, fuck. I remember why I left in the first place. Which I think a lot of people do, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that fear of being alone. I just don't. I don't know. I'm kind of a bridge-burning kind of person, so. That makes sense. Yeah. I should stop doing it. I thought I'd grow out of that at some point. But no, you, shouldn't, you should not stop. Like, as somebody who does not burn bridges enough, 
Uh, like, I can't think of a single time when, like, rekindling some kind of relationship or even just, like, talking to an ex, like, hey, how have you been? It's never made me feel good. It's never been, like, a good situation where, like, I was Mm -hmm. glad after the fact that I did it. Burn the fucker down. Uh, (laughs) that's how I feel. Um, but I really like relating with Lindsay Buckingham. Like, I feel sort of, like, there's something kind of, like, empowering for me about relating to him in this song. Like, yeah, I, I did go back and try it. Nah. <laughs> like, that's, it's no, just not good. Yeah. Like, I, I like that he and I feel the same way about that. Like, oh, this was an accident and a mistake. <laughs> I see where I've been. <laughs> it wasn't good the first time. Done. See, and I like that thought about it, but I also don't think... No, that's just so foreign to me. I, yeah. And I'm not saying I've never drunkenly texted anybody like, where are you? Because I have done that. I think yeah. everybody's done that. But that being said, no, too much of a bridge burner. I admire you and salute you. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah, I think so. Well, there you go. My whole life validated there, listening audience. There you go. <laughs> Next track. Christine McVie song <laughs> and I find it very boring and simplistic uh like yep. I, I get what's good about it I get like how people could latch onto it as sort of a personal anthem um especially maybe after the 1980s like is the right <laughs> the right thing for uh the Clinton campaign to embrace but um it kind mm. of makes me think of like a she protests too much sort of thing like, if you have to sing about how great tomorrow is, do you really believe it? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and there's also something, like, really unhelpful about, like, if you wake up and you you don't want to smile, um, just, like, open your eyes and it'll be different. That's not accurate. <laughs> not accurate. <laughs> That's not how it works. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this song is overrated, personally. I would agree with that. So, quick, can we go back to what I think is an interesting tangent here? What is your personal anthem? Personal anthem. We've talked quite a bit about the Clinton's campaign's adoption of this song. Should we, like, say off of this album or just in general? You just just in, general. in general. And I, I want knee-jerk reactions. I don't want you to think about it. I just want a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> knee-jerk. Don't think about it. Just yell it out. Because mine is uh, Pony by Genuine. Just throw it out there. It gives me strength and hope in my darkest hour. <laughs> Uh, I marathoned both magic mics yesterday, by the way. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. That sounds like the best day. I mean, I really Wait, where is the knee-jerk king? I, I don't have, like, a good knee-jerk reaction. You say, like, what's your answer? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> Mine is just, like, this, it's so upsetting, and it's because, because my life has now become, like, a, like, a, a one-track situation. It's the Joe Walsh song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, Life's been bed. good. Yeah. Life's been good. Um, he so he's like singing about himself as like a rock star and like how he like I, I don't think of myself as a rock star, but like he he's like bragging on himself and like bragging on how like his like shit is sort of distorted and fucked up, but he's still like a baller. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't actually relate to it that hard, but I listen to that song like every week without fail. Okay, I think that's a good one. You should think of yourself as a baller, sliding through <laughs> a fucked up world. <laughs> I think if I was going to listen to a song as an anthem in place of the song specifically, so something in this in like a similar vein, uh-huh. um, it'd probably be "This Is the Day" by the the. 
The, the? Yeah. Okay. So it's this, like, new wave song from the 80s, and it's, like, very optimistic. It's like, this is the day your life will show Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I sent you the video for that. Um, I'm just shocked that you didn't pick a Prince song. Well, see, I was thinking, let's go crazy, but do I ever actually go crazy? No. I am pretty, like... I don't, I don't rip out the walls of hotel rooms. I still feel that Joe Walsh song. I'm, I almost mean, never grind on anything. <laughs> so. The craziest I ever go is, like, punching my, like, arms in the air a couple times if no one's looking. Like this? <laughs> this one? Like this. Like this. <laughs> Just the one-two. Like one-two. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, if it was a print time, you let's go crazy. Um, but, no, I've been thinking about this is the day. Um, one of the... The secret dreams that I have um, when I eventually leave where we work, if I still don't know anyone there, I'm going to make John come with me to campus and record like a way of me walking, like lip singing that song and link to it in my goodbye email. Uh, <laughs> I put because, a picture of RuPaul in my yeah, goodbye email. So. That's amazing. That was, yeah. that was all I had. So hey, that sounds way better. <laughs> well, we'll see if I, if I follow through on it, but... But yeah, it's just like real optimistic, but still like takes into account like things not always being great. You guys should both listen to it. I, I know that song. I like it. It's a good one. And you did see yeah. the video. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love that tangent. That was a really good tangent. Tangential. Yeah. Oh, like, let's not talk about it. Don't stop anymore. There's like nothing else <laughs> to say about it. Uh, don't stop thinking about, about the Clinton campaign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go your own way. Go your own way. Go your own way. You've been called in another lonely day. You can go your own way. Go your own way. I'm just gonna be upfront and say this is my favorite song in the album. Really? Instead of Gold Dust Woman. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. Game changer. I knew knew it would be a contentious thing to say, which is why I'm saying it. I'm just going to be honest. This is is my favorite song. Hmm. Hmm. How is this? Never mind. No, 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 no. Why? Uh, it's very powerful. I like, I mean, I can't, I can't divorce my feelings about it from like, like my personal feelings about this song, which is like, I relate to the song really hard. Because the last time that I, like, super had my heart broken, uh, it was, like, this guy who was a fuck-up who, like, wouldn't let me love him the way, like, I wanted to. And so I was, like, when when Lindsay Buckingham's, like, um, I give you my world, but how can I when you won't take it from me? I, like, felt that hardcore and listened to this, like, too much, I would say. Um, <laughs> so there's, like, that whole element. But on top of that, this song is, like, it's really rocking in a way that other songs in the album are not. Um... It's it's like a like a power ballad, um, mm-hmm. on an album without other power ballads. Um, there's like a really great guitar solo later on in the song. Um, they all sound fantastic backing up Lindsey Buckingham. And a- again, when I saw him live, Softly with Mac live, he fucking rocked this song. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. So that that's my argument. Um, the end. See, that resonates, because is there anything worse than being in a relationship with somebody who's just, like, not there, and they're not ready, and you're like, I gotta, I gotta keep on trucking, which is what this song is about, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm sorry to use keep on trucking because that's fucking hard. But that's how it is. You're like, okay, like, yeah, like, you're not going to let me do this, so loving you isn't the right thing to do. Right. Um, Go your own way, I guess. Like, I don't know. I kind of like that it places the um, responsibility on this person who's being passive in the relationship. It's like, Mm -hmm. you you are the one making this decision with your passivity. Like, Mm -hmm. this is on you. Go your own way you know, say that you're lonely or whatever. I don't know. I like that part of it. I would say, like, honestly, like, of the three, of my three favorite songs in here, it's going to be Goldust Woman, Dreams, and then this one. Yeah. No, but I hear you. I think it speaks to me. Yeah. We don't have to continue talking about it if no one else has anything to say. Do you have any thoughts on Go Your Own Way? Do you want to diss it? You can. No, I mean, you make really strong pathos arguments, so <laughs> good job. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's good. It's a good song. Okay. Great. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say about it. You, you're right that it's, like, more upbeat than a lot of the songs on the album. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just, like, the pace or is powerful. different. Yeah, yeah. The power level is different. Um, so it is kind of a standout. Like, the, I feel like um, Don't Stop is comparable in the way it rocks out, but it's so goofy. Like, they could sing yeah. a song on Sesame Street. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think they did, didn't they? they did. <laughs> it seems inevitable. Uh, let's move on to the next song. What's the next song? Songbird. Sucks. Sucks. <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> consensus I think we all really like yeah Yeah. it's so good I was just saying this would be my my, like number three on the album I think yeah yeah Um, I would I would put it as my number two I'm just like like well this woman is great I'm not as into it (laughs) (laughs) like I know that I'm like you know alone in that because even at a we had like the workplace lottery drawing for tickets everybody was like you guys have to tell me how it is when she sings Goldust Woman. That's like, that's, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I was amazing. But, um, um, this song is so great. And I think one of the things I really like about it is I think that this is one of the, like, folksier songs on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is where they're edging towards, like, the folk side of pop. And I feel like this is a song that I judge, like, all of the, like, up-and-coming bands who want to be really folksy against. It's like, you're trying to be folksy and poppy. Do you do it as well as the chain? No. I <laughs> love folk music. I also really like bluegrass. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Spent a lot of time in college going to, like, bluegrass shows. So anything that has, like, that kind of driving beat I'm really into. I also really like sad fiddles. Hmm. Those are, like, two things that get me. There's no sad fiddles on this, but there is a driving beat. And there, yeah. there is that, like, rustic-sounding guitar. Like, that. that's absolutely, like, a bluegrass-sounding guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have any thoughts on, like, 
the, I mean, this is just like a continuation of the, the breakup, right? Like you've left, you're gone. And if you don't love me now, it's over. Cause I remember that you committed to this and now you're breaking the commitment, right? Like, is that yep, yep. what you get from this? So I think my affinity for this song and the other songs in the album that I really like, um, it's sort of illustrative, I think, about how I view myself as a really, like, hard person. Like, do you? I, I feel like I can harden my heart. <laughs> really? And, yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> I know, I believe that about you. <laughs> and, like, this is one of those, like, harden your heart songs where it's like, you don't love me now? That's fine. You're dead to me. <laughs> like, well, in a certain. confrontation, like, personally, if there's, like, a confrontation, I can't bear for it to not be borne out to, like, the end. I have to have it out with the person. Yeah. Brittany's like, you've offended me? The end. Like, <laughs> she, like, she, like that, that will be the end of it. And so, like, if you're me in a confrontation with somebody like Brittany, you die. <laughs> because you can't bear to, like... You know, well, like they're not this... giving you what you want. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. I'm not getting, like, like the conversation's not coming to fruition. But you are just, yeah, I, I would agree with that. You can be very honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't say that, but all right. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, like, a heart turning to stone song, and so I feel it. Yeah, I mean... Burn it down. I think yeah. we just had that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, this was the only song on the album that was, like, a collaboration between all five band members. Oh. It's the only one that's attributed to everybody. Um, I get, like, a like a Stevie feel from it, though. I don't know. Because it feels vaguely magical. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like her songs are tend to be, like, a little bit subtler than the other key writers. Yeah. Like, I think she's more subtle than Lindsay. I think she's way more subtle than not Stevie. Um, <laughs> Could you Stevie hear that? Me. Not Stevie. <laughs> um, and so, like, um, the whole, like, bringing in the natural elements, I think is, like, definitely a Stevie thing. Yeah. And, like, running in the shadows. Yeah. I think I also read one time that she, like, like, was writing this about a time when she was, like, alone in a ski lodge in Aspen at night. I think she's that's what so I cool. Oh, my gosh. Oh, she's so cool. She's so cool. She's so cool in the 70s also. Seemed like the coolest time to have been alive. Like, I so would... So the 70s, you would say? Yeah, I would for sure trade trade my current life <laughs> to go and live in the 70s. 100%. Nope. Think about it. You're, like, you're, you're pre so many terrible things. Mm. Climate change, the AIDS epidemic, um... I mean, you're sitting pretty. Until the 80s come around. (laughs) But then, like, the 80s seemed fun, too, for a while. (laughs) I would prefer to be alive now than at any other time. (laughs) If you had to make me trade, I would maybe go back to the 90s, because it's the closest (laughs) time to now. The dream of the 90s is alive and Um. Alright. Really? That's as far back as you'd go? Yeah. Like, I don't want to go, like, pre-sewers. And like, no. I don't want to go too far pre-internet. Alexis. <laughs> what, what did people do all day is my question. They went to awesome clubs and saw awesome bands and... You mean they didn't like read Were BuzzFeed awesome lists for like two hours? hours? I don't know. If I... I could have done all of the drugs if I spent as much time doing drugs as I do reading BuzzFeed lists. <laughs> so much of my life is devoted to reading like... 15 cents, you're a pizza. I'm not a pizza. I know that. <laughs> I'm not a pizza, so. 
Yeah, I feel like I'm always watching tasty videos. Like, I would have <laughs> yeah. so much of my life back. And, like, sometimes it's, like, a buffalo chicken pizza or whatever. I don't even fucking eat meat. I'm <laughs> not <laughs> watching that, but I do. Um, yeah, I feel like the 70s are for me. Would you Would you just go back to the odds if you could? The early odds? Uh, I feel like the odds kind of suck. <laughs> they did suck. I yeah. feel like 90s. Okay, legit. Could like, be there when the, like... Clinton era? Yeah. But everybody was required to play Don't Stop at least once a day. Well, more like the era when, like, the first Alanis album drops. Oh. And, like... That would have been a fun time to be a young woman. I would just wear a bunch of plaid. You can do that now. We live in Madison. Yeah. I mean, exactly, but I could do it just as well in the 90s. You're, you're basically just looking for the closest replica of your current life. <laughs> yes. That's what you want. I think I would find it in the 90s. Fair. I mean, like, any time pre-pill slash pre-birth control out the window. Oh, absolutely. 100% no out the window. 70s is good. I think the 80s would be fun, because I think um, I have really big shoulders, and I would like to accentuate them more, so you can wear, like, power suits and stuff. So, yeah. Working Girl's a good movie. Oh, my God. Working Girl's the greatest. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Um, all right, the next track. <laughs> it was a good tangent. It was a huge tangent. It was really fun, though. Uh, you make love and fun. I feel like we already kind of talked about it. It sucks. All right, now it's not great. Thanks a lot, Christine <laughs> McVie, for another okay song. Uh, an interesting thing that I read before we like started talking about it, um, talking about the album, is that like Songbird supposedly like cemented her as like a, a songwriting talent in the group. I think that's very questionable. It's not that great. Also, you make love and fun is the song where she most sounds like Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> That was the one where Can I was like, to hear this because I have never heard yes. this before. <laughs> yes. Like this deep thought that you have that she sounds exactly like Buckingham. <laughs> I have no new thoughts about you make love and fun. She, it just seems like she had really boring relationships where things went right for a really long time. Like, Yeah, I think it was more interesting for me when I thought that that <laughs> it was a Lindsay song that Lindsay was singing it. Because then it seems like a dig at Stevie. Yeah. With all of, like, Stevie's meat I songs. love this, like, deep thought you had <laughs> that they were all being so past aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like, I like the idea that she and Stevie were, like having wine one night, and they're like, you know, it'd be really funny if we, like, wrote a song about how awesome our sex lives are now. Lindsay <laughs> Buckingham is not in your life. And Steve was like, yeah, right, Christine, and, like, like I'm sure it didn't happen, but I saw it, right? <laughs> yeah. the Aspen Ski Lodge you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, think about it, like, there's this song, um, all about how, like, this person makes living fun, and they don't need to be told that they're the only one, like... Not needing, like, reassurance or needing, like, validation seems to be a key component of what makes loving them really fun. Yeah. If you think Lindsay's singing that and you compare it to, like, Dreams, where Stevie's like, just wait, motherfucker, like, the two make a very interesting pairing, but... Yeah. <laughs> it all goes out the window home. because <laughs> this is a not-Stevie song and um, just with a chameleon voice. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> now Stevie ruined it again. Yeah. Alright, next track. Uh, it's I Don't Want to Know. Do you, do you know that one? He doesn't want to know? Hmm? Yeah, I don't... I got nothing. <laughs> I don't want to know either. <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah. 
It's kind of fun, though. It's one of those songs you can do the Snoopy dance to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Snoopy dancing, by the way, audience. You could do a really white dance to that. Uh, apparently, Stevie... I wrote this... Like, it's only interesting about the song. She wrote this before she joined Fleetwood Mac. It's, like, an older song, and she didn't want it to be on this album. She wanted Silver Springs to be on the album, mm. um, which I do, too, because it's a better song. <laughs> That's that's all I have about it though. There you go. Good work, Stevie. Uh, the the next song is "Oh Daddy" by Christine McVie. Not, Not Stevie. Stevie. <laughs> um, this song is just, like weird and seems vaguely creepy to me. Yeah. I don't like "Daddy" as a as like a an affectionate nickname. No, you need to like really think about yourself. <laughs> that in, like, yeah. Real life. I agree. <laughs> like, where are you going? Where have you been? Kind of think about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say Deep that it, <laughs> <laughs> it creeps me out enough that I don't even want to contemplate the lyrics or, like, what it might be about. I also just sort of hate it as a song. It's, like, yeah. a downer. It's, like, slow. And, like, also, like, weird manipulative. I can't walk away from you even if I try. Yeah. Mm. Mm, mm. I'm all about people walking away and declaring it loudly and proudly. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Burn it down! <laughs> Burn it down. Break, Break that, that chain. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to the last song on the album. Which is? It's Gold Dust Woman. Yeah, Gold Dust Woman. That's not how the song goes. Well, did you make you cry? Make you break down? Shatter your illusions of love? And is it over now? Do you know how? Pick up the pieces and go let you guys take it from here <laughs> are you not a fan of the song i it's it's all right it's it's okay and like it was amazing to see stevie nicks perform it because it's like her song and it's like one of the songs people know her for the most i would say yeah like the, this one and landslide were like maybe the most emotional moments of like when i saw them live mm-hmm. um so glad landslide is not this album landslide kills me oh my god yeah so i've twice now i've like driven home uh, to Illinois, and, like, I have this, like, country playlist, and there's, like, the Dixie Chicks cover of Landslide, which is also really good. Yeah. So, like, that has come on, and then, like, an Alan Jackson song, and then I'm done. I'm, like, crying in my car <laughs> through central Illinois. It's very upsetting. Landslide gets me every time. But this Wait. Is... What Alan Jackson song? I can't remember it. when. <laughs> remember when? Yeah. But I also like the that. one, uh, When Daddy Let Me Drive. Do you know that one? Mm-mm. Don't. I mean, it's probably you'd be fine, but it's, <laughs> for me, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Build this woman. Build this woman. Do oh, it. It's so good. I just love how mean this song is. Like, Shy your illusions of love. Exactly. She has that whole sort of patronizing, did she make you cry, make you break down. This is a sexy song, too. Yeah, it's like, but like cruel sexy. Which is mine kind of sexy. <laughs> cruel sexy. Yeah. Just emotionally toying with people. Yeah. Um... No, so, quick story. Um, a friend of mine 
uh, in college was just, like, this great dude, and one time we were having a party, and he made playlists for all the girls who lived at the apartment, like, based on their, like, attributes, and Goldust Woman was on my playlist, so I've never <laughs> been prouder. We got really drunk, and the whole room had, like, one of those, like, weird mind meld moments where they were all singing along to the song, and everyone was, like, striking poses. It was so fun. Oh, my God. Love Goldust Woman. Shout out to Alex P. Castro. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, so this song is dope. Yeah. I feel like some of the references that she makes in the song sort of cement her place as, like, a goddess and not just a rock star. Because, you know, there's, like, all this uh, sort of mythology around Stevie Nicks, like, um, people referring to her as, like, uh, a witch, a witchy woman, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, sort of, like, referencing her, like, power and magic. Mm-hmm, and I feel like yeah. this sort of, like, sets all of that up. Like, uh, the reference to the ancient queen. Um, like, this, it's just, like, a very powerful position to sing a song from. Plus, gold dust sounds really magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was about coke, but who knows. Yeah, I did read that it might be about coke. I could see that now that you say that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just imagine like Stevie surrounded by all these like dudes and like her dismissing them sort of like one by one. Yeah. Did you watch American Horror Story Coven? Yeah. I watched part of it with you. But <laughs> the, first <episode. laughs> the first couple. Uh every year I try to have a American Horror Story group and then we watch the first episode and we're like, nah. I thought I thought Coven was great. Did you watch all of it? I Yes. I definitely watched the episode Stevie Nicks was on. I, I loved the whole thing. But I especially liked the character who was, like, channeling Stevie Nicks and, like, that was great. Misty May or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her clothes were great. I would, I don't know that I would wear them because I don't feel like, I don't feel like I could, like, handle it, but. I think you should go, so here's my mission for you. Go to a music festival or something weird this summer and just wear a big scarf and see how it feels. That's <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> or a poncho. Ponchos are good for getting your Stevie on. Uh, but like a poncho in the summer? No, a poncho now. I have like okay. nine of them if you want them to wear and work like at some point this next week. I saw, I, I was looking, I'm shopping for like Mexican blankets because I kind of want like a, a more like SoCal vibe for my living room here. Yeah. And like on Etsy, they're all like Coachella blankets. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh, but that was, like, a common tag. So I feel like maybe you can get away with more, like... You got, you can wear festival. literally whatever you want in a music festival. You can wear very little. You can wear... You wear an Indian headdress. JK, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> Not even if you're Lana. Oh, God. Fuck, <laughs> Lana's already in that video. It's, like, my favorite and the worst simultaneously. Yeah. So don't do that, but you can definitely wear ponchos. Um... Yeah. I also spent, like, a good half an hour to 45 minutes looking at, like, caftans and, like, long silk robes, because I want one of them so I can just, like, wander around my apartment and be like... Yeah. I don't know. I bought one last summer, and it's my favorite thing. Where did you get it? Etsy. I got it on Etsy. You bought a caftan or a long silk robe? A caftan. On Etsy. It was great. It wasn't that expensive. And, like, when it was hot, I would just wear that and nothing else. And, like, one time, this is my particular memory of it. I just laid on my couch and drank mimosas for, like, five hours. <laughs> it was the best May day. May I see this, Captain, at some point? 
I will see if it's like not buried. Okay. And I'll bring it out. Yeah. Nice. It's it's purple and floral. It's Okay, so I need a caftan and I need a long silk robe so I can look out the window pensively and drink out of like a champagne flute. That's yeah. what I want. I don't yeah. smoke, but I feel like I could be able to do that too, just like smoking in a yeah. robe. Yeah, I don't yeah, know why. Absolutely. I just feel like that's what I want in my life right now. Legit. Sounds great. Yeah. One of the other things I really love about this song um, is I like the way that it seems to be only Stevie on the verses and everyone else sort of comes in in the, like, chorus about how, like, awful the gold this woman is. Because mm-hmm. it's sort of, like, I feel like it's, it's Stevie, like, setting the stage for, like, who she is as the gold dust woman and then, like, the, the other people are the chorus around her who are, like, trailing the dudes as they're, like... Leaving in despair. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, though. I like that she's like, don't care. And I don't know, yeah, I think yeah, they're more of a great chorus in here, centrally. Yeah, that's, like, that's what I meant. I don't think they care, though, do they? I mean, not really. Do they know how to pick up the pieces and go home? Yeah, it's a very, like, sort of condescending, patronizing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it over now? Do you know how? I love it. Yeah. It's very belittling. Yeah. Just even, like, did she make you cry? Make you break down? Like, (laughs) does your life suck now? (laughs) Did someone so make you cry? (laughs) Yeah. Very condescending. Do you think this is the meanest one for you? I think this is, this is definitely up there as, like, the meanest one. I think it's probably the meanest one. Yeah. I think the whole album is pretty mean, but I think that that is, like, the right thing for so many moments in life. Mm-hmm. Like, you need rumors, in, like, at so many different times. Yeah. Because you're feeling mean. I agree. That's an emotional state that doesn't get enough credit, I think. Feeling mean. Because there's no good way to exercise that in our culture, right? Yeah. I feel like we live in a very mean culture. Yeah, but, like, I would like to think of myself as a kind person. Is there any positive way to exercise when you're feeling mean? I think just music, honestly. Like, I think listening to hateful yeah. ass songs and, like, like this for me. This hateful ass song. Oh, yeah. This yeah. whole album was, like, such uh, a good exercise and, like, um, like, my heart is broken and I'm really upset and, like, I'm sort of, like, treating myself as if I'm sick or something and this is, like part of getting over being sick is listening to this hateful shit over and like really reveling in it. It was mm-hmm. huge for me. It was a really big deal. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that music can be a big part of that. Maybe like one of the only good ways to be mean. For sure. Cause I think there are so few, generally speaking, I think our culture is really bad at teaching people how to deal with negative emotions. Well, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like movies, music, art, and that kind of thing, I think gets a lot of, credit for allowing people to kind of exercise those those feelings and this one there there really isn't any good way to like feel mean and be mean in a way that doesn't yeah. make me personally feel like shit afterward yeah yeah especially in like the context of like even a friendship that's gone wrong like much less you know like a romantic relationship uh it's for the best if you don't <laughs> act out on any of your mean impulses like mm-hmm. you're so much better off if you can just like listen to, um, you know, pick, pick your team, Lindsay Buckingham or Stevie Nicks, hating on each other. <laughs> like, that's so much healthier than, like, I'm going to tell you these things that I'm feeling, mm-hmm. you know, to your ex or friend or whoever you're... For sure, and I think there's also a huge focus as well on this idea that 
it, you're okay to have, like, negative feelings about an ex-romantic relationship. I feel like it's a lot more uncouth to for a friendship to be, like, to feel like that. And I don't know if that's just because maybe we don't necessarily privilege those relationships as much as we do romantic relationships. Yeah. But... I don't know. Like, I would never feel, like, apocalyptic gold dust woman toward, like, a friend's, you know? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. I have a couple of, like, relationships. Well, really just one that devolved pretty severely. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was, like, a breakup. And, like, I'll still see, like, pictures of this woman or, like, this woman has done a thing. And I feel, like, really, like, raw about it. Yeah? But, it, yeah, it's, like, only the one person. And they're an incredibly toxic person. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, yeah, I think I think it's probably a matter of, like, privileging um, romantic relationships over, like, platonic relationships. Any other thoughts about rumors before we draw for the next episode? I don't think so. I think we went song by song. We established who the real champions of the band are, who's pretty forgettable. Um, Steven X for days. What, what? So, yeah, I think I'm ready to wrap it up. All right, excellent. Uh, Mallory, will you do us the honors of drawing our song for the next episode of Assassin Brass? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, you have Scrubs by TLC. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Excellent. There you go. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for being on the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. This is a dream come true. Yeah. (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. (laughs) We wish you all the best back in Michigan. Thank you. Yeah. I'll be around. I'll be around. Planning to come back to Madison fairly regularly. So good. Good. You should for sure. We'll save an episode for you. Cool. Great. Because I heard you already did Pony, right? We did. We did. Okay. We had a big fight about Pony and Prince. You should listen to the episode. It's one of our most popular It really is. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. Until next week, this has been Sass and Brass. Thanks for listening. Review our shit. Bye.